I was asked to, um, very kindly, by History and Policy to talk about social media and how you can use it for policy engagement and public impact. Um, so what I'm basically going to cover um, after the introduction is basically a short story about this bundle of fun called Puffles the Dragon Fairy. Before this event, how many of you had heard of Puffles before? Just a show of hands. So a small number of you. Um, the rest of you are probably thinking, who is this strange bloke wandering around with a big cuddly toy? Um, but all will become clear. The real meat of what I want to get into is around the systems and structures of Whitehall, um, because I spent seven years inside the civil service. The large part of it was actually um, inside Whitehall. And then really on the back of my own experience, just a couple of things to consider in terms of building your own personal profile on the back of what I've learnt with um, this bundle of fun. Um, my own background, I'm currently a freelance uh, policy, public policy trainer and social media awareness trainer. Used to work in the Department for Communities and Local Government in a number of policy areas. One of those policy areas making me go a little bit more grey than I would like to be. Um, and since leaving the civil service, um, Puffles' wings have spread and now I've sort of lost control um, of it or of Puffles. Puffles as a Dragon emerged on Twitter in late 2010 when I was still in the civil service. Um, at the time, there was no social media guidance around. There was corporate guidance, how to use social media if you are running a corporate account. But by this time, there were civil servants across Whitehall who had their own Twitter accounts and had their own social media accounts that identified them as civil servants, even though it said tweeting in a personal capacity only. Now, a number of civil servants got stung very badly by the tabloids in those days where the conventions really were up in the air. Now, for those of you that use Twitter, we know that a retweet means we're just forwarding on information, it's not your opinion. Back in 2010, the Daily Mail and other newspapers took the opinion that if you retweeted something, it meant you absolutely agreed with everything that was in the tweet and in the link that you were posting to. So, in that sense, we've come a very long way in a, in a very short space of time. Um, by the time I left Whitehall, Puffles had 1,800 followers, including a number of journalists and producers, which scared the living daylights out of me because, again, there was no guidance. And so nobody really knew what the relationship was between civil servants in a policy context, civil servants in a personal context, and that wider media. Um, after leaving the civil service, I started a blog. Um, and because of the problems I've had trying to persuade my hometown, Cambridge, to use social media for social action and community action, and in particular the institutions, including Cambridge University, Puffles is standing for election in the local council elections in Cambridge. We got the nominations and Puffles is on the ballot paper. I'm going to quickly rattle through a story of how Puffles' profile got raised, and in the process of this story, I hope it will give you some insights into how you can use social and digital media to influence the uh, policy process. So when I launched Puffles, um, I was surrounded by a group of very friendly civil servants who were really passionate about using social media for public services. Um, but this was a time when the institution was very hostile to social media. They saw it as a threat, and we were kind of this group of renegades that would meet up on a cafe in Victoria Street. Um, 
that little group of renegades is what we now call the government digital service. Um, and that happened in the space of about five years. That group of people really changed the culture in there. Um, I started following people that were tweeting interesting content, but not necessarily in the mainstream media. So for those of you that are looking to start using new social media platforms, for example, if Twitter's going to be new to you, follow the people that interest you. There's no hard and fast list to follow. And I think one of the other things about journalists and the media, what I tend to do is not to follow the institutional social media accounts, because that's kind of broadcast. I'm interested in the conversations. I'm interested in the human aspect or the persona aspect. So I will follow an individual journalist within an organization or a historian within a department rather than the department's feed itself. Um, I started engaging with what for me were very interesting people, reposting and sharing their content. Um, and as a result, ended up with a very diverse following especially from young people. I mean, you've got baby dragon fairies there. Um, but that, uh, the picture's basically there to say that if you're going to be using social media um, as, a, as an academic expert, your following is likely to be very diverse across the range of abilities, and also range of experts as well. You will get people who will be interested in what you are writing about and what you are researching on, but they won't necessarily be professional historians. They may be experts in other fields, and this is something I'm going to come on to later as to why this is important. When you have a social media account, it's important that you look after your community and set the tone of how you want to engage. The feedback that I've had from Puffles is, from Puffles' followers is that people like the friendly tone that I've created. And actually, that tone was created in the very early days by the earliest followers, because they decided they, weren't going to get, they were going to engage with the baby dragon fairy. And so they created that persona, and I just ran with it. So it's kind of the first 50 followers that basically said, yes, the Twitter account is going to be a friendly dragon fairy that will tweet interesting things. Um, early on, I set a series of house rules because, and again, these were set in very early 2011, the institution didn't have any rules. So I wrote my own and said, these are the terms and conditions of engaging with my social media account. And again, what that helped me do was to manage the expectations of conversations I was having with people. So when people said, you know, you retweeted this, why do you agree with this? I would just say, Puffles points to house rule three. House Rule 3 basically says retweets do not signify uh, agreement or disagreement. It's just posted there for information. And every time you say Puffles points to House Rule 3, in their minds, Dragon Fairy pointing to House Rule 3, job done. Um, tip of your senior managers, if you are running a social media account, um, in particular if they don't know about it, because it protects you from nasty surprises. In Puffles' early days, there was another civil servant using Twitter leaking stuff left, right, and center. He ended up getting sacked for it. But I had to protect myself, and I had to protect little Puffles over there. So I went to the directors and said, I'm aware that this stuff is going on within the department. You need to know that I'm looking after Puffles. We've taken reasonable precautions. So if bad stuff happens, you know about it. Um, and then finally, just helping others 
when they are stuck or in a difficult situation, or in this case, a baby dragon fairy's got stuck in a Christmas tree. Um, people will appreciate it when you help them out. And once you get into a habit of doing that, they will get into a habit of reciprocating that. And again, in terms of managing and looking after your community, that can be worth its weight in gold. After I left the civil service, um, I started a blog, because when you're inside the civil service in a policy function, you're effectively in a restricted post. You can't go and start blogging and saying, these are my opinions on this, this, and this. And so for almost the best part of seven years, I didn't have, really have a public voice. And so when I had this blog, it was like seven years worth of just exploding. It's an alternative way of expressing ideas, but also one of the things I found was that with Puffles' following on Twitter, it helped publicize the blog. And so therefore, you had two different social media tools with very different cultures being greater than the sum of their parts. And as a result of that, Puffles ended up in the newspapers. Um, this was actually a local newspaper that has since closed, but the point being is that mainstream publications, which are now sourcing more often than not their stories or comments through social media, started picking up on this dragon. The Guardian, a year later, then picked up on Puffles, ran with a story, had no idea who was behind it. They just said, here's Puffles, here's the linked blog, a former civil servant said da 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 and that's when I had to phone him up and say, you need to know who I am because this is getting scary. Then I started getting invited to events as a result of the social media presence, or rather the events invitations came through Twitter. So if I don't turn up to events with said Dragon Fairy over there, people will say, why didn't you, Anthony, why didn't you bring Puffles? Rather than people coming up to me saying, why have you got that cuddly toy with you? Um, and some people have actually said, oh, yes, Puffles is it. Yeah, who's that bloke with Puffles? It's happened on more than one occasion. At events, Puffles is a very useful filter because I found people who I personally find very aggressive and or don't like social media tend to stay away from me when I'm with the dragon because they think, who's that weird bloke? But the people who seem to be um, curious about whether it's the dragon or whether it's social media, seem to gravitate towards the dragon. And I like that. Um, but still, even after I left the civil service, um, there was no guidance. So um, I kept on moaning at them because Puffles has a big civil service following. And so I said, look, if you're not going to put out any guidance, I'm going to ask my local MP, Julian Huppert, pictured here with Puffles, to table a parliamentary question. Now, having worked in policy, I've responded to parliamentary questions you know, for fun. So I know how to write one. And Julian said, well, draft it. So I did. But fortunately, Cabinet Office got in touch just in time to say, Puffles, we need your help. They, they did. This is Puffles inside Cabinet Office. And Cabinet Office has their own baby dragon fairy sitting inside the government digital service because I gave it to them. Um, and they said, what do you think should be in our social media guidance because you've blogged about it? And so I wrote a short blog post. And a conversation started in the comments field with the head of digital engagement, a whole host of other civil servants, and a whole host of other people interested. And so rather than a conversation starting in Whitehall, it started on our blog. And thus, Puffles became the first Dragon Ferry to be mentioned on Cabinet Office's website. Um, and this was actually a talk we did just after the launch of that guidance, where you can see, look, Puffles is sitting at the front to quite a large audience of um, people. But it is important to 
ensure that you maintain your independence. When people do good things, give them credit. So for example, if the government follows a recommendation that you have given them, credit them for it. But also if they do bad things, then feel free to give them a kicking. Puffles isn't cuddly as this headline says. And when Puffles bites, Puffles bites hard. The Public Administration Select Committee on Parliament. Puffles is followed by about 20 members of Parliament out of the 6,000 followers that you've got. Three of them sit on the Public Administration Select Committee. That is a quarter of the Select Committee that follows <coughs> Puffles, plus the clerk of the Select Committee. And they said, well, we're doing this session where we're inviting members of the public to tweet questions that they can put to ministers. And so I thought, well, OK. Let's ask about risk assessment on this particular issue of public outsourcing of some public policy functions. Now, the minister really struggled with those questions, and it said to all of the members of parliament that were following Puffles to say, right, dig here. Now, because cabinet office struggled with the questions that I'd put to them, and they were just on single tweets, question number one, what risk assessment have you done in relation to this policy? Question number two, what risks have you identified? Questions number three, how are you going to deal with them? Because they couldn't answer the questions, the minister got criticised in the report. That is how a dragon fairy stung a cabinet minister. Um, and Puffles also got mentioned in a parliamentary debate. But if you know how to tweet your Twitter dragons well, they can be tamed. Puffles got invited to Parliament to have tea and cake with Baroness Tanny Gray-Thompson. Um, being from Wales, this was you know, no problem for her. So it's always nice to have a dragon on your side, whether you are first parliamentary council and permanent secretary of the cabinet office. Richard Heaton saying, Puffles, what do you think? Should we have fewer cabinet office accounts or should we vary them up? And this is Richard engaging with the character, the persona of Puffles, the dragon fairy, not me. So note the culture. And again, sharing and giving credit. This is Dr. Sarah Wollaston basically saying, following some, uh, a recent Twitter storm that she had, I said, through Puffles, we have house rules. It deals with it. And following that, she published her own, saying, thank you, Puffles. Good idea. I was going to say quick thoughts, but I'm going to quickly rattle through. And this is the real meat of the, the, the content, if I can put it that way. Pre-social media world, and I, if I could move around here, um, what we had very much was your big department of state, large institutions feeding into the policy functions within the department. And I used to work in one of these policy teams, or for various different ones, who would advise the minister. Minister and press officers would then go to media outlet, and it would just go to a passive audience. In social media world, we don't have those passive audiences anymore. In the late 90s, internet arrived and society took up new communications tools. Now, when social media really emerged in the middle part of the last decade, all of these people who were online then suddenly became networked. They started talking to each other. They moved from being passive readers and recipients of what was being published to publishers of their own information, whether it's comments, tweets, you name it. And this meant Instead of all the knowledge being locked up in that department of state and that small group of policy people, all of the information now is there. Big, big challenge for departments of state and also for all of yourselves as academics, and I'll explain why. Because the traditional policy making team, and I'm 
once, in one sense, so glad I don't work in the civil service um, anymore because of the challenges faced. It used to be just a small group of what the government or uh, will call key stakeholders who would work with the policy team to advise the minister and then they would come up with a policy for a discrete consultation. We've published this document, we put it out to you, you come back with responses, thank you very much, here's our formal response next stage. New way of working is with open policy making. This way of working is obsolete because people are demanding transparency and people such as yourselves are asking detailed expert questions, one that press officers can't deal with because the press officers are not the experts in that area. Something for you to consider. Thus what we have, the model we are moving to, is one where the departments of state and even yourselves as academics, your universities, now want to be moving towards the centre of this hive of activity, this hive of conversation. We're moving away from this two-way process. These two people may be having a conversation or these three people may be having a conversation and that Department of State, as far as policy making is concerned, so we're not talking about Big Brother, what are you doing? We'll want to see maybe what three different people with three very different perspectives of opinions are having in that conversation and learning from it to improve policy. Um, and again, I cannot reiterate, this is a very different model to the Big Brother spying on everybody's conversations. So therefore, the challenge for yourselves as academics, any contributions you make to public policy will be open to scrutiny, challenge, and dare I say, even ridicule. So really think carefully about how you get involved in public policy debates. But whatever you do, please do get involved with them. Even if you choose not to engage online, but you are formally submitting that evidence, that evidence will be put online and people will talk about it. Um, and that's becoming more and more frequent. The other challenge for you, policymakers and ministers are now demanding that all of you be multidisciplinary. You can't stay within your narrow academic cycle. There are a number of basic concepts within a whole host of other academic subjects that policymakers are going to be asking you to be familiar with. Um, in this regard, and this is where Twitter is really useful, is you can no longer afford to remain unaware of developments in other areas of academia or policy. The way to deal with that, i found, is just to follow a few people in different areas where you've had a recommendation from somebody else. You may not know the detail about something, but they do, and they can summarize it for you. If something is put to you, and something's often put to, to me through puffles, and I don't know the answer, I know somebody who does in that network of followers. And then finally, in this era of all things digital, there is now a greater demand for the research that you all do, in particular those of you who are funded ultimately by the taxpayer through grants, to make your research accessible to citizens. Don't lock it up behind a paywall. The other thing is from a policy perspective, if it's locked up behind a paywall, we will ignore it. If we can't access it, what's, what's the point? Um, and in that sense, you're actually depriving wider society of the wealth that you have, and for what purpose? And so, I guess, finally, to conclude with this, if you're going to use social media, and I think this really picks up on um, a lot of what Caroline um, has said, plan before you jump in. 
So think about actually why are you going to be using social media? For what purpose? Who are your audiences um, going to be? Who are the people that you're going to want to engage with um, in particular? Don't just follow Stephen Fry because two million people are following Stephen Fry. If you find the content that he's posting to be very, very interesting, then yes, please do so. But it's, they're your social media accounts, so you set the rules. That also means you don't have to waste time with anyone who is really annoying you. Just block them. That's what I do. Life's too short to deal with hatred, and there is enough hatred in this world without people like me adding to it. Listen before posting content, so get a feel for what everyone else is posting. Normally, in particular for Twitter, start following about 100 to 200 accounts, just so you get that flow of news and tweets and contents, so you get a feel for what the people you want to be engaging with are already doing. And then finally, you will make mistakes. I've made lots. When you've posted 165,000 tweets in the past three, four years, you are going to make mistakes. Don't beat yourself up about them. I'm a hypocrite for saying it because I beat myself up about this all the time. Um, but again, if you take reasonable precautions and say to yourself, well, when bad stuff does happen, I know how to deal with it, and I've got a supportive network to deal with it, you'll be on safer ground. So that's me and Puffles. Thank you very much.